turkey time. Huh? I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. No, no, Mr. Stay! Mr. Kojata Pinks! Must be weird not having anybody come on here. We are back for episode six of the Rotten Reviews podcast. Welcome back, everyone, where you got to listen to us review uh, Netflix movies with a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 50% or less. Uh, so, guys, I'm oh, sorry, I am joined by Chris and Luke as always. Uh, guys, I have a question Has anyone watched the the Netflix show, the new Netflix show, uh, Space Force. Is anyone getting on that? I watched oh, one and a half episodes. For that. Ooh. Give me. I, I, I know it's getting a lot of hate, and I think I have to probably side with them. Because I think it's just... <laughs> the problem is, Steve Carell comedy, you just think 40-year-old version, but then, of course, you think The Office. And they're pitched it as this Greg Daniels, Steve Carell collaboration which apparently is also produced by Paul Lieberstein who plays Toby. And so you just expect mm. a little bit of the office, but it, I don't know. It's just, it's not the office and it doesn't, I don't know. It tries to be a lot of different things and just, I don't know. It's just I weird. remember. Um, yeah. I remember listening to a podcast with Seth Rogen and he was talking about how when they were filming 40 year old virgin, he's like, it was funny that Steve Carell took that part because it's unlike that movie is unlike anything he's ever done before and or ever will do because it was such a like extra r-rated uh movie in terms of like the lines and stuff like that that he had so that that movie was kind of an anomaly from his career you know he's a lot of the movies he's been in have been either like family movies or like kind of more serious roles like little miss sunshine comes to comes to mind um or or wrong the romantic comedy um crazy stupid love or he's just kind of like the doofy, kind of like older guy who has to he like d- learn how to become. He did sort of venture into like some more serious dramas, I guess, like like yeah, most actors do. Really good stuff lately in the drama. That I being said, in, though, uh, Get Smart it was really funny in that movie. And the the <laughs> no? one. Oh, okay. Let's let's review that one. Fuck. No, <laughs> but... the, the new Cheney movie he's really good in. I forget what the name is. With Christian Bale, where he oh he's in that movie. Cheney. I had no idea. Yeah, he's Donald Rumsfeld. Oh wow! I gotta get that. I gotta watch that movie, yeah, even though cool. I have no idea what it's called. He was uh, also in the Big Short, but I. But it's, movie, called I it's called Vice. Oh yeah, and the in the Big Short. That's he was good in the Big Short. But that being said, just to circle back to Space Force, I was looking forward to this show because, you know, it's the makers of The Office. That's what it's coined. That's like what they've, uh, what's it called? Promoted it as. Pitched it as so. exactly, and I mean, I was excited, but then I I've just been hearing so many people talk about how bad it, how bad the first episode Did was. You watch it yourself. No, I think I'm going to give it a shot. But Give it know. a shot. It's fine. It's just, I think all the diehard Office fans wanted more Office, and it's just, it's not the Office. But that's so what I'm worried about. I think that doomed I'm doomed for failure just because of that. Exactly. I feel like I'm going to go in with this, like, mindset where it's like, it has to be the Office, but obviously, yeah, you know, you can't duplicate the Office. No, I think I think Steve Carell has kind of like a Tony, Sopa- Tony Soprano syndrome from now on. So he's like always... Anything he's ever going to be in from then on, he's going to be compared to The Office, just because that was such a generational show. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, they're coming out with like a documentary. They're coming out with a documentary about the impact it's had and why it's so famous and stuff. So oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. I'm in. I like that a lot. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any other, uh, you know, movie TV. That's pretty meta that they're here. doing a documentary about The Office because The Office is shot as a documentary. I just got cut off, but yes, I agree. Uh, <laughs> that is very meta. Absolutely. I just you, have you guys seen the movie Snowpiercer? Staying on the movie track. Yeah, I love that movie. I know so there's a TV show. There's a Netflix yeah. show now about like with the same premise and stuff. We just started it last night. Pretty cool, yeah. unique, different. So wait, Snowpiercer? Yeah. Is that the one with the train? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was such a bad movie. God. Really? Yeah. Bad. It's like such a, a long, long train. Game. What? Yeah, and different compartments in a train. Yeah. I like that's stupid. It's, it's Bong such a Joon, unique Bong cool home, man. Bong oh, I lost. I lost interest. I was like, I don't care about these guys. What? You know. <laughs> no. Are you, are you just saying that, Luke? No, being... I'm not. I know. No, I know you like to play devil's advocate, Chris. But I'm. I'm being honest. I thought it was, that movie was a dump. Oh wow, that's interesting. Ask wow, jeez, that right. is fifteen percent. Oh no, that's being first, harsh. No, that's being first harsh. really big disagreement on the show here. No, but yeah. it was it was a movie that had more of a cult following, though, right? It wasn't really like a. We'll have to save that one for our uh, our other podcast reviews, where we just where review we do other ninety percent plus of the other movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot less specific. Where we review movies between zero and one hundred percent on Rotten <laughs> We got we a run out of shitty movies. Guys. That's what we'll do. <laughs> we never right, will. So- all right, so for uh, for this week, uh, I don't know if anyone, I don't know if all the listeners uh, remember, but last week uh, Chris suggested that we watch Chappie, so that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, I literally have no idea. I last in the last episode, I basically just said that it was about robot boxers, I think, but I'm pretty sure it's not about robot boxers. So <laughs> just just quickly reading up on it, it's about like robot police. So I, I was very wrong. Uh, yeah, what are your expectations for this, guys? So, 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 so. Well, the reason I chose it was because it's directed by Neil Blomkamp, who directed District 9. And that was an amazing sci-fi movie that really struck a chord, I think, with a lot of people and got a lot of praise. And it made a name for himself. And then when I saw this movie, I saw trailers that you know, had his name all over it. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. And I never got around to watching it. But then I was surprised to see that it had a, such a low rating. So I was like really curious to see what went wrong and, and you know, why there was such a big drop off like between the two movies. So I'm actually curious if this one's going to be better than the other ones you've seen. Yeah, I didn't really uh, read up on this movie. I, I'm going in blind. It, it sounds like it's a movie about a ventriloquist, but it's probably not. But we'll see. We'll see what it, what it entails. All right, Luke. Uh get that uh get that intro i mean okay, let me trailer. Share, share my screen the deployment of the planet's first robotic police unit became the focus of the world in 2016 drop your weapons you're under arrest vincent moore is a former soldier the problem with artificial intelligence is it's way too unpredictable the scout's creator dion wilson sees a rich future what interests me is a machine that can think and feel. I have a robot that is operated by a thinking human being. <laughs> we don't want this. It's expensive, it's big, and it's ugly. The scouts are huge 
success. Stop worrying about these pet projects. Oh, I think I've cracked it. This is a new kind of life form, a new step in evolution. interesting i am chappy good little tagline there uh yeah i guess uh i'll i'll throw it off to luke really quick here because i'm i'm still gathering my thoughts on that one okay so um the uh the movie that chris mentioned which uh district nine um yeah that movie the whole uh the aliens that came to the to the earth the the whole uh it was actually an analogy for the whole uh, immigrant experience to America. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering if this movie is going to have some kind of similar underlying political message. Um, but I'm guessing it, they weren't very successful if there is one in, in, in kind of transmitting that to the audience. If, you know, considering the low rating, but the uh, production value looks really good. And it has well, a lot of the same kind of style as District Nine. Yeah, I mean, look, it's got a, it's got a. Let me just double check here. It's got a good thirty-two percent tomato meter, with just over two hundred reviews. I mean, it's not like the worst movie that we've reviewed, uh, or sorry, the worst ratings that we've seen. But that being said, I guess I mean it looks interesting, and like Luke said, I mean it's gonna be. Uh, I feel like it's gonna carry that same, like you said, that same image, imagery, that same like. You know, it's going to have a deeper meaning about something like in society or whatever. That's that's just kind of what he's going to go with. And I mean, the th- the thing that really pops out to me, even though it's all about robots, is that the the rap group Die Antwoord is in there, <laughs> and I did not know they were in this yeah, movie. That's that too right away. <laughs> so uh, I'm really interested uh, interested to see how they are uh, as actors. Like, I'm gonna maybe take a different thought. Is that I think the problem is that they don't have an underlying message like i think the first one was so successful with the whole immigrant thing in like south africa and very relevant this one just kind of seems like one of those sci-fi movies where the debate is oh ai is it considered human or not and i'm not seeing anything deeper than that just through the trailer 
and that might be the issue. Like people were expecting something deeper and then maybe it's just very on the surface and doing something that a lot of other movies have done. I'm sorry. Already. So maybe it's just too obvious. Nothing there. I don't know. Was, yeah, because it's, it's like robots do jobs and humans write poetry. Yeah, the, the end is like, robot oh, yeah, I, I think, I feel, therefore I am type thing, you know? Yeah. And then they want to take him down. So it just kind of seems like an iRobot type. Yeah, it's like they're mixing iRobot with like the budget and effects of uh, Transformers. Yeah. And at first I, I thought he was going to be, the, the, the robot was going to be the villain, but clearly he's the protagonist. So I guess. We'll yeah. See. Also interesting to see how Hugh Jackman is is playing like a villain in this one in this movie. I also wasn't even sure that was Hugh Jackman at first. <laughs> I love the I love so the mullet. Weird. It looks great. That's a mullet, right? Little short and tall. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like it's a terrible haircut. <laughs> but you know, it must feel nice for him. You know, he's he's in this movie. He's playing with. He's using his actual accent. I'm pretty sure. So uh, you know, no no fool in this time. He's not Wolverine. <laughs> well, we'll have some interesting discussion about this one. I believe we will. All right, guys, we will catch you on the flip side. Flippity flop. Welcome to Rotten Reviews. This is this movie where we are on a podcast. And here it is. I'm your host, Luke, and with me are my two guest hosts. Mike is, is and headphones Edmonton. <laughs> wow, Luke, I cannot, I cannot believe you just stole that from me. I'm, I'm deeply hurt by that. I, I saw my opportunity. Okay, you've, you've been, you've been a little subpar the past few episodes, so I'm just trying to step in here and you know pull the reins. Also, guest hosts. Or, I didn't realize me and Chris <laughs> were guest hosts. I'm pretty sure I refer to you as my co-host. I didn't realize that my name was Headphones Edmonton too. Was <laughs> I appreciate that. Headphones, Edmonton, you will speak only when addressed to. <laughs> I'm hey, sorry, Luke, Luke, I, I mean, go, Luke, go for it. Luke. This is way too much pressure. <laughs> I want out of this hot seat. Sorry. All right, all right. Okay, all right, okay. look, we're back sure. right now. We just, uh, we just finished watching uh, Chappie. Uh, I mean, how long was that? Two hours? Yeah, it was two hours. Yeah, about two hours, yeah. Uh, and it is about, very briefly, it's basically about... Uh, a robotic police force uh you know the, the the creator of this robotic police force uh goes off and takes one of the models and installs his you know his ai that will give will make them a sentient being and that's where we get chappy and then obviously you know he joins some you know very low level criminals uh for some reason you say obviously it's just like we, oh, oh yeah i mean this is just a of course he just ends of, up with this is just what happens but yeah and then and then uh yeah i mean i don't know those high class criminals you know you can't just start off with the with the mob boss you got the story the story is quite convoluted and there's a few plot points that are like would never ever happen you know but are just there to advance the story but yeah um, yeah. I'm more impressed that he uh, he was able to create uh, a chip that had the ability to make a robot that can learn and, and feel things oh, over one night of uh, seemed like he was just cramming programming. No, right? That's well, what I no, but he <laughs> he like he had his video chats and he said day nine hundred something. Oh, okay. That's the, oh. That was their way of telling you that he's been working on it. For Chris with years. the detailed eye there of once course, again. Of course, of course. I I, mean, I did I did think well done headphones. Luke, though. <laughs> 
I did say this. I, I thought he was just like sat down. He was like, I cracked the code. I know how to make a sentient being. It just seemed all too perfect. But if you're saying 900 days, so wait, it took him three years. Wait, no, that's not three years. How long is that? Uh, about. Yeah, that's about. Years. Yeah. Give or take. I mean, that's not Two that long. Something. That's not that long to break the, probably the biggest discovery in our entire life in the yeah, world. He, I feel like if he presented that to the boss, they would give him a raise right away. You know, that's. Well, he no, does she, present it to the boss, and she, she just says, shoots it down. I want nothing to do with it, you know. And another point, Sigourney's the, pissed. The, it's, it takes place in Johannesburg, South Africa, and the, it starts off with these news broadcasts saying that Johannesburg is the first city in the world to have a robotic police force. But what's interesting is that this company makes these robotic, like a, a robot army, pretty much. Why does not every single country in the world just buy these for their own army why are they only sticking to the the small tiny johannesburg market (laughs) every military in the world should be beating down the door yo i actually have a shark tank or something you know i have so many questions about this like this like apocalyptic johannesburg that we're in because as soon as the robots like go down late in the movie it's like the world just like burns down was there no law and order before this? Did they just, are these robots? Like literally everyone in the city, it's like just me. It's like us three are just like, oh, wow. Like, okay, let's go riot and loot all of a sudden. It actually just, it's so weird that that was the, that point of that movie I didn't understand. Yeah, the only thing kind of holding back this uh, huge population of felons apparently <laughs> is just this robot uh, set of, yeah, the, that has no interest from the outside. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, like because you know another part was like, oh yeah, we have the robotic police force, and the crime rate just plummeted, and the life is so perfect. Yeah, and I was kind of curious how that kind of happened. Yeah, were there because, no bugs that they had to? Kind well, of- and would the crime has just completely stopped? Like having the robots doesn't mean that you know all the crimes going on. It's just that you can take them out quicker, I guess, when you find out where they are. Well, no, man, you still got guys like Hippo and Ninja and. Yeah, I didn't know his name was Hippo. So Yolandi. That's, that's the guy with the weird hair, right? Yeah, that was a super jacked guy. Yeah. So I guess like, you know, we have this defective robot that's about to get thrown out. And then this is the one that do you remember what was what uh, Dev Patel's character's name was? Dion Wilson. Oh, Dion. Nice. Dion. So Dion steals this robot to try and test out his new, you know, sentient AI on. And this is the point where the gangsters who of course are in debt to this other gangster for $20 million over what really (laughs) like a lot. Like, yeah, they don't really explain why they hate each other, but, um, and then they stop his car right outside of the main gate of this, you know, high tech company and nobody notices and there's no security cameras. They're able to just stop him, kidnap him, And I thought that was again, pretty, Oh yeah, I thought that, that was, was another too. thing about the movie. Yeah, for sure. It's like, <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so you've probably sunk millions into these robots, but and just pretty much anyone can can break in there, and there's no security guards anywhere. Just, and yeah, he was able to get in, take it, and nobody saw, nobody noticed. He takes that guard key. Yo, nobody, I so like, I noted. I actually noted this in my notes, and I'm I'm sure you guys thought the same thing. Uh, 
so they work in an office, which I thought was really funny because it, when you think of like someone building robots, you're not, you're not picturing someone just like sitting at an office chair with like 30 other people, but it just felt as if it was only Dev Patel and Hugh Jackman working in that office. No one else mattered. They literally like Dev Patel has like a little statue of his little, of his robot. And then Hugh Jackman has a statue of his robot. They were the only people that mattered that entire office. And also, then Sigourney, I, Sigourney Reaver speaks for like two seconds in the entire movie. That's a really good point. I don't think that this office has an HR representative. There's no Toby in this engineer's office because there's some clear bullying going on from Wolverine. Yeah, he pulls his gun out, his gun out and everyone just like looks but then doesn't say anything. I'm like, excuse me? That makes zero sense. It's just a joke, mate. It's just a joke. I was like, oh, yeah, everyone loves the crazy guy who pulls the gun out. That's the one you want in the office. And he could have been, like, a really intimidating villain, except they dressed him up like Crocodile, the Crocodile Hunter, you know, for the entire movie. I had that <laughs> written like down. for UPS. I had that written down. He's, he's wearing, like, hiker chic clothing. It's really funny. <laughs> he's got the high socks as well. But, yeah, um, I also I thought it was funny that uh, – Hugh Jackman, who is uh, Vincent Moore in the movie, he uh, he's really upset that he, that no one is funding his project. Honestly, man, just give up. Like literally, Dev Patel had the way better idea. Yeah. They're like they're basically human robots. You're you're trying to send out this giant fucking tank into the middle of the yeah, street. Yeah, glorified tank. <laughs> and he's so upset about it. I just thought that was so funny. It, it was Guys, kinda... we haven't even. Sorry, go ahead, Luke. I was just going to add, it was kind of cool that they did like kind of a, a nod to RoboCop with his, uh, his model of robot, you know, I don't know, sending, yeah. sending props to one of the original police robot uh, movies. I'll be the first to say, I didn't believe you until I looked it up. It looks exactly like that robot. Chris, Chris is very upset that we're, that we're talking apparently. No, I was just letting you guys finish your thought, and then I was going to politely redirect the conversation somewhere more interesting. But I'm, I'm wow! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm jumping in. I'm stepping on a lot of uh, mouths here, so I'm, I'm trying. I'll try to let Chris speak. A There's little just bit. you know so much to dissect here, but I was going to say that guys, we haven't even uh, brought up the main characters in the movie yet. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, to our audience, you might think. That Dev Patel and Hugh Jackman and even Sigourney Weaver, who's a really good actress, would be the main people in this movie. But but who are the main people? Die onward. So I mean that was that was a really interesting portion there. What did you guys think about there? I don't know if this was their fucking you know acting debut, but let me know what you guys think about that one. Well, first of all, Mike, it's D onward, and I guess you're not a real fan, unlike some of us here. Um, definitely not. <laughs> And I also am not a fan of their music. <laughs> and half of the sound, most of the soundtrack is their music. Um, so I guess the director really got, he must A, be a, a huge fan, and B, he must really be getting a, it's kind of two birds with one stone here. He's got the actor, and then he's got the, uh, the music, and they're the same group of people. So, But it's very meta. It almost reminded me of Nicolas Cage, because so the two members of D'Antward play the two gangsters for the i mean there's three gangsters but the third guy you know he's not really that important uh so they play the two gangsters who kidnap uh, chappie and the whole movie yeah it's their soundtrack they're wearing their own clothes at one point there's even a shot of him wearing a sweater with the band name behind it yeah so it's like is this a universe like are they the band 
in this universe or is like someone else the band and they're letting they out some weird fantasy where, where they're clothing. evil I don't they know. have all these artistic shots that obviously were taken as press shots but in the movie yeah um decorating their hideout and so you know they're out of money but they have enough money to spend on artistic headshots and stuff like that so i just it almost like took me out of the movie a little bit because they it was just yeah. too much of them their music and they were probably had the most screen time besides maybe Chappie in the whole movie <laughs> so i thought besides that the was green screen yeah that was i think one of the biggest if not the biggest fault for me for the movie was how these guys become the focus whereas the focus should have been dev patel and his conflict with sigourney weaver and then hugh jackman obviously but it just becomes a story of like gangsters basically raising a baby robot for at least what 45 minutes an hour of the movie oh it was a very significant portion and then after that i mean uh yolandi i think is her name just it's just shots of her smoking cigarettes in very artistic fashion like you just see the smoke like blowing across her face and she's kind of lying cross of a bed for some reason but yeah i don't know i thought it was really funny also that they use their real names so maybe chris chris maybe you're right well sorry their real names their rapper names i guess but maybe you're right maybe this is like some weird like alternate universe where they actually are evil or bad guys i don't know yeah i don't know so that i mean that was my yeah my biggest fault was was too much of that one thing that the movie managed to do for me was um make the robot a really sympathetic character and i really did kind of worry about him falling into the hands of that who was it ninja i don't like that guy he's a bad he's a bad apple you know so (laughs) (laughs) so i i I really like when he wanted to get back in the van i was like let him get back in the van um so the the robot was very endearing to me so that was nice (laughs) but uh like i like chris said this the director you know in district nine he had a whole analogy uh and there was a message behind the movie and this movie i didn't really feel there was much of a message especially with the with the the ending (laughs) but i don't want to jump ahead yeah i remember i think i said it in the in the trailer part after well after we watched the trailer i'm like i think district nine was so good because it touched on a lot of like current social issues going on in south africa it was like obviously racism that kind of stuff so a lot of people related to it this didn't really have any underlying social message and i mean maybe he went into it being like you know i don't want to i want to do something way different and just make a pure action movie if that's the case i guess he achieved it but it took like it was lacking what made district nine special and i guess meaningful i just think yeah well district nine had more of a i mean it's a very like yeah it was a documentary style but it was also like you know kind of more concrete and like way more relatable for everyone uh you know literally anywhere in the world is way more relatable whereas this one I, i think it did have a message and it was basically just about how each of us has a soul and like you know he talks about like right is that where they transfer the soul and like the mind or whatever and like you know you can copy that and put it into another body and i don't know there was there was a message there for sure about what what makes a sentient being basically but it it was it was too big i didn't i didn't need that message and like it was and it was so good i think they could have just done something about robot police man 
like that and it's that in itself is a huge super topical <laughs> come on that would be crazy yeah, really. could you I imagine thought, yeah. a robot police like and how yeah like bring that back to all the issues with police and then yeah i mean it would have been super relevant right now yeah robots was... police could totally be a thing uh in in the future maybe not the near future but you know did, the way things to are the going, ethical the ethical honestly, issues yeah. behind it and like how that comes to be and i thought that's kind of where it was going to go but it just yeah. ended up being yeah just kind of a standard gangster action flick and i mean it's I disappointing think part of it was done well i think the last half an hour which is like the main climactic action battle scene i actually was pretty into it like when the moose comes in and they're fighting back i was actually like oh man i actually want to stand here and make sure i watch this because it was pretty pretty entertaining i mean like part of that fight of course like there's some things it's like why didn't the moose he seemed to never really be aiming at the people <laughs> he seemed to always be shooting around them but like yeah. didn't really want to kill them it seemed like yeah Jackman is a horrible shot <laughs> he sends a, a, sends a cluster bombs. bomb yeah exactly and the cluster bomb hits left. no one <laughs> literally just 30 explosions and nothing yeah, happens. you can't hit someone with a cluster bomb <laughs> yeah, don't quit your day job and I then also, I, I did think it was funny, Chris. Sorry not to cut you off, but I thought no, it was funny. Okay. That part was that part was uh, you know a bit more captivating. I guess I was into it. It was an action scene, but I did think it was funny how easy it was to just like dismantle his robot. Yeah, it must have been so yeah. It was one. It was his prototype too. No, like, no wonder she didn't want to go through with it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a bit much because they were saying, "Oh, cutting funding, cutting funding." So it was obviously too expensive. But then, yeah, it was destroyed with one bomb yeah i found it to be very much like a straw man character <laughs> in terms of like i don't know it was it was lauded as the big threat obviously it was the matchup from the beginning that you wanted to see oh yeah that guy against uh chappy but yeah well, really- i mean you can't we, we can't fail to mention how the third gangster when i said he doesn't really matter because within the battle scene within the first five minutes <laughs> he literally gets ripped in half which i thought was just way more violent than i was expecting the movie to be that was the most violence in the entire movie it was, was so shocking other movies it, it was, was so like, shocking God. i i actually could not believe that happened i i mean i knew it was gonna happen something i was like oh he's gonna either stomp on him and we're gonna see him explode or i don't know he's gonna cut him in half it's gonna his, happen off screen with his handsaw but he cut, he just pulled him apart it was the yeah. weirdest addition because the entire movie had nothing to do with that it was all about like let's teach this robot to love and learn and read books and paint. So it was just really weird. Yeah. And Deontward, uh, they didn't seem too devastated that their friend just got ripped in half either. They just seemed kind of mildly disappointed or distraught. (laughs) Okay. This was another thing that bothered me about the end is that, so the last scene, you know, Ninja is almost portrayed as this, like they try to redeem him. Yeah. So they tell Chappie and Yolandi, oh, run away. You know, I'm going to take, sacrifice myself. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I don't care about you. You haven't done anything good in this whole movie. Why now at the end am I supposed to be like, wow, what a great guy. Like, he's willing to sacrifice himself. He's also it was, an asshole to her, like, yeah, the entire movie. Well, exactly. And it's like, why are you trying to pitch the two gangsters who were, like, have corrupted the, the robot? has now these like saviors at the end. I thought that was really jarring. It didn't really make sense to me. Yeah. And no pun intended. It felt like very much like good cop, bad cop in terms of the two gangsters too. 
like uh yolandi was definitely like a mother figure you know it's mommy and he had the, the, the doll and everything and the other guy was just like obviously the bad influence you know making him all violent and making him go uh rob other people Evan, like, the, man, the man has to be the bad guy huh <laughs> oh don't go there mike <laughs> and sigourney weaver is the woman boss of the company right so diversity i i do wish you <laughs> I, I actually do wish she had like more of a part in the movie i felt like she was not involved at all like you have this is what blue again and i don't want to like you know harp on this too much but you have a literally like a treasure chest of good actors like and it's and your your focus was on Dionthward, Dionthward or whatever. It, it just it made no sense to me. And I like Neil Blomkamp, man. You made a great movie with with District District Nine, and this was just a weird choice. I I enjoyed the movie. Chappie was interesting. It was just I don't know why you didn't utilize those people more. Yeah, All right, I'm just getting yeah. head nods. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of concurring. No, I mean. Here. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're all now. kind of in a similar boat. Like, was there something that you you guys thought the movie did well, or was there a scene or like? Well, well it had s- a lot of the same um, quality of of design and animation uh, as District Nine. CGI like, was really good. It yeah, felt like yeah, I was in true. the same world as District Nine, so I was expecting kind of the same quality of storytelling and um, you know deeper meaning and stuff as we talked about. But uh, the action was there, the effects were there um the acting uh, by the uh, by the real actors were, was really good um but once again just kind of disappointed with uh the story i was talking to luke uh actually do you chris does anyone remember the end of district nine do, do the aliens go away i don't remember me neither but i, I was i was like talking to luke like is this some kind of like weird universe he's building? Because they both take place in, they both take place in South Africa, mm-hmm. in Johannesburg. Yep. I thought maybe maybe there's some weird connection. Maybe he's gonna make a third one. Oh, I'm just saying. So he he made Elysium or Elysium. Do you guys remember? Oh, uh, I never watched. I never watched it. That's very much the same style too. Uh, I didn't I didn't see it, but there that, were, that, is, that got good reviews. Is that also in Johannesburg? I mean that would that would complete the trifecta. Yep. Maybe I will watch it. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. He's definitely got his own uh unique style when it comes to cinematics. Uh I think it's cool. I just created. I think it's cool. There was just too much of a focus on on this like on Yo Yolandi and uh and Ninja. I thought it was just too much. Yeah. But I, I, I did I did want to note, by the way, prior before we got uh we got into that, I thought it was really funny that Dev Patel was like sitting at his desk and he was really disappointed that his boss uh rejected his idea to like create this ai and he looks up and it's a cat poster <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> a motivational cat poster i was like yeah i didn't really you know get what? that way to, way to use it it actually works hey you know <laughs> yeah sorry i just thought like, that was funny yeah it was funny because the cat was in a situation that was like different from any other motivational cat poster so you know it really made me feel like we were in an office no one's talking to each other there's cat posters there's (laughs) yeah people have weird figurines on their desks i mean the lighting is very just kind of uh static and not not bright (laughs) exactly did you you find that you guys bought in to dev patel's character like did you really were you super happy at the end when you saw that he survived 
Because basically at the end, he's dying, but then they're able to transfer his soul, his mind into another robot. And it's this big moment where Chappie kind of almost sacrifices himself, but then of course he doesn't and he also survives. But were you like really feeling it in that moment or were you like, eh, whatever? He seemed like a very much a pushover, uh, that character. And I mean, I guess when you got guns pointed at you, <laughs> you don't want to take too many harsh hard stands. But um, I don't know. He was kind of like the gym of the <laughs> computer engineer's office, you know? You were rooting for him, I guess, um, especially when you compare it to uh, UPS Wolverine, who's just bullying him and you know, sticking yeah. a gun next to his head. So uh, he was okay. I mean, um, the, I wish they could explain how more how you can transfer a soul into mm. a robot because they just kind of made it like it was movie magic. So, I but I mean, if it was also quick. Try, if they were to try to do that, it probably would have taken up a lot of time in the movie. For sure. Like if they open it, it's almost like a can of worms you open up, then it's like you have to spend 15, 20 minutes describing the science. Yeah, then we'd have to lose a whole uh, Deontward montage I of mean, music. Yeah, I think the whole part where he's still in the cars, I thought they could have cut that entire... Oh, part, definitely. Get out of daddy's car. <laughs> it's just they all it needed was one scene like that to show his transition, um, and then that would have been fine. No, but I agree that it may have been too much like to, to really dive into that. And that wasn't the movie, I guess. But it was weird that, you know, Chappie basically steals that helmet and then figures it out within a day. At least that's what it looks like in the movie. He, like, puts it on. He's frustrated, bangs on his desk, and he's like, wait, no, I cracked it. There it is. And it's on his screen. So I thought that so was... How does a neural brain reader... Read a, a robot's brain. A robot's brain. It should not work. <laughs> it should absolutely It's still metal and wires work. in there. Like, I, that, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it should not work. <laughs> but hey, whatever. They're all going to live forever now. And I mean, yeah, I guess... So then they all survive in the end. And it's just... Yeah. So well, except you, for... Well, Yolandi dies, but then... Oh, my God. Of course, twist, twist. Uh, in his experiments was they didn't show you was that he actually copied her brain and left ninja a usb and he immediately knew what the usb was like he didn't even have to think about it he just knew right away it was her brain and then at the end of the movie he somehow hacks into the entire factory remotely (laughs) (laughs) and sets off the entire chain to build her a robot that has her exact likeness and that's the last shot of the movie Yolandi's robot that is created from a faraway place, and that's it. You know what? I kind of liked the ending because they really committed. They're like, you know what? (laughs) You thought that this movie was going to have depth, and you thought that there was going to be a lot of screen time for the the legitimate actors who paid their dues. You're wrong. This is all about Deontward. Deontward for life. (laughs) I I agree. It was the music, the background. It's all slow motion. It's all about her. Yeah, Ninja I, and Yolandi. You barely even are looking at Chappie anymore. Chappie survived. Dion survived. Whatever. It's all good, but we have to she, wrap up this. She DL. is the last image of the movie. And I just thought, I thought that was, like, I did. I, I don't understand why you would choose that, I guess. Because, because she like, has a you, bowl cut. But like you said, I was going to say, because I guess she, like, made, you know, he made the new robot and has, like, a face with her likeness. I don't know. Whatever. Was it, what, but, like, setting up a sequel or something? I don't know. But, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's so weird. And the more I, we talk about it, the more I'm like, I really don't understand that decision. I know. Because you could have removed them from the movie. And I think it could have just been way 
better, to be honest. Oh, it is for a little sure. frustrating. Yeah, this movie. I agree. Had things going. And just like it. have Chappie at Dion's house, and then he has to like go back and somehow like figure out what he's gonna do with him as he's learning, and then keep going to work and stuff like that. Would yes, have been exactly. You could have dived into like Sigourney yeah. Weaver's character and stuff, and then developed there. Are we boring? Is that like a boring movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just... I would have loved. I would have loved that. I don't need. I don't need all that. All like that gangster. I mean, activity. some people like, might say all oh, all the gangster shooting up stuff was fun, and it like they they are very unique characters. So I did like laugh and appreciate their banter sometimes. I thought that was pretty funny. Like, so I yeah, don't think they was, did a bad funny, job. Right? I think they actually did really well with what they were asked to do and I enjoyed it. I just thought like, I guess I was expecting a lot different from this movie. No, I agree. Like piece that was so weird to me. It's the gradual humanization of, of uh, Chappie was one of the things that movie had going for it. And so if they had more of that, like you said, if, if uh, Dion had more time to be like the mentor Mm -hmm. and then he follows the ins and outs of like, you know, maybe he falls in love with like a flower or something. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing to like humanize him, but you know. I like that. That's fair. All right, guys, look, we're going to wrap it up. I mean, there's, again, I, I could keep going on too, you know, from, uh, from what's his name? Ninja's Casper the ghost holding his erect penis tattoo. And, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed that on his arm. I and, and I mean, I could talk about their haircuts all day. You know, Yol- Yolandi just has the most unique haircut I've ever seen. Uh, I also didn't know what they sounded like until this movie. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I'll go first, I guess. Uh, my rating. So this, what was the rating again for this? So the rating on this is uh, 32% on the, the tomato meter, but the audience score gave it a 56%, and that is with close to 50,000 reviews. So that's pretty significant. And I, I'm going to go 60% on this one. And my reasoning behind it is because I think it was actually legitimately interesting. Uh, I like movies that talk about robots and AI. I think that's really interesting stuff. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a movie that people can watch and actually enjoy. I just think you got to get rid of you got to get rid of Dion Word, man. It's not it's not worth it. Yeah, I you know. Oh, we got we we agree a lot. I mean, we're all friends. We agree a lot, right? Uh, but uh, once again, you know, a lot of things going for it. Love the uh, the the CGI and all that. The action was great. Um, this is the first legitimate movie I would say that we've watched so far um, that it actually has things going for it. I would give it um, a forty-eight percent. I checked, I checked the time on it three times throughout the movie. So that's kind of the reason why it doesn't get over the 50% for me, but 48. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I know we, we, it probably seems like we have less than one minute left. It seems like we were ragging on the movie a lot throughout this podcast, but I, I'm, I'm not going to go all the way down to the 30s. You know, I think I'm giving it right in the middle at 50%. I think it does have a lot of redeeming characters. Um, I think the action, the CGI brings it up. I think the last half an hour is pretty entertaining. If you just kind of give in to the D'Antwer stuff and just enjoy it, it's pretty funny at times. And then there is like the sentimental part with Chappie, which is great, but overall it just misses the mark. So 
Yeah, those are some uh, pretty good points there. Chris topping it off with the cool 50%. Uh, nothing like just being very undecided on a movie. It's uh, perfect. Playing it safe. <laughs> that means I had exactly the same amount of good points to bad points. That's what All right. Whatever you think justifies your your reasoning there. Um, so yes. we... Excuse me, mister. I just went with the audience score. <laughs> like... All right, you two. Four uh, percent more, Chris. Four percent more. Uh, okay, look. So we've been we've been talking about having a wheel uh, to the side of our next movies for a really long time now. You know, for like weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, this is only the sixth episode. Uh, Luke said he was going to build one. I'm convinced he said he was going to build one, but he created one online instead. So we're going to go with that. Uh, someone clicked the button here. Let's decide okay, what well- our next movie is going to be. I like I said there was a physical I was going to make a physical wheel there was an accident I can't do calligraphy anymore but here it is the web wheel I'll spin it oh, I hear it <laughs> it's gonna land on Lord of the Rings oh Sabrina okay Sabrina. creepy doll movie all right creepy doll movie next Yes, thank God. Uh, let it be noted that this is one of Luke's movies that he actually suggested, so I think he's kind of rigged the wheel here. Uh, anyways, we will be back next Monday. So uh, we'll talk to you soon, and uh, have a good night. Later, skaters. Don't be haters.